0: Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity. Hello, everybody, welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to the co founder and CEO of CoinRule, Mr. Gabriel Musella. And we're going to be talking about, you know, the state of crypto, what's going on, and then some of the uh, some of the different programs that CoinRule has to offer. But first, let's welcome Gabrielle. Gabrielle, how are you today?
1: Very good. Thank you. Hi, everyone.
0: Hey, so um, I'm, I, as I mentioned prior to uh, starting or hitting the record button, I'm in Bellevue, Washington. Where, whereabouts are you at?
1: Uh, I'm in London, UK at the moment.
0: Uh, we probably have very similar weather, um, grey and cloudy. Let me guess.
1: Actually, actually, <laughs> actually today is a very sunny day. I'm like, yeah, spectacular.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, once we, you're done with this call, it should be your evening there. You can go out and enjoy some of that late afternoon no, sunshine. No, no, no. Hey, so, Gabriel, I mean, this has been an interesting, I don't know, couple months for the crypto market. And it's, it's time for all the naysayers to stand up and go like, see, I told you this was just an overinflated fad. I mean, what's your take about what's going on with different cryptocurrencies right now?
1: I mean, it's it's a, you know, the the typical cycle cycles of uh, cryptos, right? Uh, it's like you know goes up, goes down. Uh, the, I, I mean, personally, I really like when uh, something like this happen because uh, kind of uh, you know you kind of clean up a little bit the market from uh, from the projects that were not so strong, uh, and from old fad, you know. So I I really I really I really like the fact that uh, there are cycles. Um, the fact that Luna went down, it's not a big news to me because you know everyone before was already raising some, um, you know, some issues about that blockchain. Uh, I, I mean, I even I lost some 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 funds as well in in that crash. But you know, I mean, you know, this stuff has happened like two years ago. It happened six years ago. You know, it's just a part of the cycle. I think now it's just a good time to buy, especially uh, a good project.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, it's funny because with everything else in life people want to buy when it's cheap, but when it comes to investments, they want to, they want to buy when when prices are going up. Right. And the, the real opportunities typically, you know, historically have been, um, after crashes. And if you look at just most recently during the pandemic, the first two months of the pandemic, everything, you know, I'm talking about stock markets crashed and it was a huge, huge buy opportunity. Um, and I also like your point about that, um, you know, you know, Crashes like this, cycles like this kind of clean out or weed out some of the weaker, um, I guess, uh, products or services that are being offered out there. One one question, though, I have, though, is one of the sales points or, or the selling points of crypto is that it should be a non-correlating asset class. Um, And or also a hedge against inflation. You know, you can print more dollars, but depending on the crypto, let's just talk about Bitcoin, for example, there is a finite number that can be mined. So what are your thoughts? Because right now, um, it looks like crypto is correlating with the broader market, and it doesn't necessarily look like it's a hedge against inflation. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, actually, crypto is correlated to a lot of things, uh, you know, totally, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, they follow really the stock market, the FT100 as well, totally. Mm-hmm. Also, there is, you know, an, uh, an inverted correlation with, with inflation as well, uh, and also with the property, property market. So, I mean, uh, I never bought in- into that narrative because uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, crypto is mostly about FOMO and, like it is, people trading, and most of them are really inexperienced. And then you're like the 10% of the traders that are big funds. And they know what they're doing, right? And they actually move the market. They make the market. So I always, I always thought that you know the, the fundamental analysis that people do, it's it's very similar to the to the ones that you do on stock market by checking the project, checking the technology, reading the white paper, being part of the community. And that's what most of the people uh, then the kind of beginner investors do. Then you got another uh, category that is like the big whales. And then there's another one that is you know the day traders that they actually play with technical analysis. But in each situation, those type of traders they know what to do, right? They do like side strategy, they do more accumulation strategies, speculative ones, it depends from the market, but those ones are always present. So I would say like, yeah, there's high correlation and uh, and, uh, actually with the coin rule, what we have done to actually then apply uh, this idea of correlation is to connect uh, trading view. Uh, on 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 the, on on, um, on your rules. So basically, you can create a, a script on 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 TradingView. You can get signals from all sorts of this different uh, digital assets, and then you can run your your automated strategies on Coinrule. So that's actually what we did because, and since we did that feature, we got we really got a big bump in subscription for that specific plan called the Trader Plan. Uh, so yeah, so I really believe in that, and also we have like few features that uh, that kind of applies this idea.
0: So let's—I mean—you kind of segued very quickly into Coinrule, and and I like that. So let's let's continue. Why don't you explain a little bit more from an introductory level what Coinrule is, and then I'd like to get into the specifics about how you help, you know, normal Joe traders like myself compete with the big boys. Yes.
1: Yeah, so Coinrule brings uh, automated trading to the masses so uh, we have a very simple interface uh, that helps you create automated strategies so you know algorithmic trading sounds very difficult very complicated you need to know how to code but actually if you have a very good interface that you can find on app- platforms like Conrule, you can build an algo trades in few seconds by you know by by clicking like few few different blocks of conditions and actions so usually you know the, the paradigm is also uh, is always if this then that so you can do something like if bitcoin goes down 3% by uh, ethereum at this specific price given certain conditions then you press play and this machine goes on the market and trade on your behalf so the idea is that you can create more than 10 different 10000 different strategies and uh, uh, because the, the actual uh, ui is very flexible or if you don't know how, how to play with it if you don't have any idea at that moment you can actually use one of our templates that we we propose you like there's a library with like 200 templates you can choose from and there's a very plain english uh, explanation of that so you can actually understand what you're going to do so you can really uh, you know uh, mix and match you can play around and you can create a lot of different automations and the beauty of it is that coin rule runs on top of your investment platform no matter if you use uh, binance coinbase kraken we integrate with 12 exchanges at the moment so your funds are safely stored on that wallet and you can just connect CoinRule with an API key. Once you connect it, you know we actually bring automation to your to your investment platform.
0: That is pretty interesting. Let's um, let's slow down a bit. And now, when you mentioned trade rules, um, it, go a little bit deeper on that. What exactly is a trade rule?
1: A trade rule, it's basically uh, could be really could be anything you want you want automate. So you know the idea is like instead of sitting in front of charts all day long and buying and selling manually or just you know playing with you know very basic uh, things like stop loss or, or or you know limit buy you can actually create something that is a little bit more interesting uh, you can create uh, you know, your blocks with condition you can say uh, if the volume on this specific coin reaches a specific amount uh, do this and that or you can say if the ma so moving average reaches this or crosses below this amount buy or sell or uh, you can say something like if the price of Bitcoin is raising and the volume also is raising, wait three hours, then sell all my funds and buy this other coin. So you can really, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. You can really create your own uh, automatism.
0: Okay. And so if I'm using your platform, I'm going to have mm-hmm. different rules to choose from. If th- this, if that, um, and, I, it, and I would say, you know, I can pick the other currency, I could pick the exchange and then I could pick different levels and then I can pick an action. Is thats mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Okay. Correct. Yes. And then I'm assuming that templates are just a kind of pre-formatted set of rules that I can, instead of trying to figure it all out myself, I can just take this template and say, you know, this is this is the the trading template or the trading plan that I want to execute. Is that is that the way it works? Yeah,
1: that's correct. But the beauty of it is, it's not a black box. So a lot of companies out there, they're like, they ask you to, you know, put your money here get your 5% per year, you know, everyone is happy. But then you don't understand what they're actually doing behind the scene. With the coin rule, when you select a template, you can actually see the whole structure and you can also modify the structure. And at the end of the day, you are the one, the, the actual person that puts the amount in each in each of the, of the fields. So really, make you know, kind of makes the user feel in control of the funds uh, while teaching you how also to manage your funds.
0: Okay, so I get that that would help me compete with the quote unquote, big guys, because, you know, I don't have time to sit in front of the computer, take, look at all the different signal and then action these trades, I can automate that. And I can, you know, I can kind of plan my, my day, my week, my month out in advance, if, Mm -hmm. if I so want to do that at the same time, you know, the, the quote unquote, big guys, they also use kind of complex algorithms um, to, to monitor what's going on in the market. And 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 some people feel that that's kind of a competitive advantage. How do, how does CoinRule kind of work around that?
1: I mean, the way to think about it is that there are two things. First of all, uh, what big funds and, and, you know, day traders do is not as complex as we think. So we have seen like, uh, you know, we were working with some big traders, some small family offices as well. They were trading like three, four hundred millions per, per month. And, you know, if you see the strategies, it's like swing trading. It's like accumulations, it's like liquidation, rebalancing. They're like kind of pretty simple things, you know, just done with the right digital assets. And then the second thing is also that we obviously we give we give you access to algorithmic trading, we give you the tools, we give we give you the legal blocks, right? But then ultimately it's the users that need to know. How to play with them and also and you know kind of learn and get interested in what's going on in the market, what's the right signal, and what is the time, right time to buy and to sell. And that's, you know, it's in any situations like that. You, we can give you like a, a big Lamborghini car, but then you need to know how to drive it, right? So, there are these two components that are really important to understand. first, you know, finance is not hard to understand, and strategies that, that works are actually not so complex. And secondly, like everyone can learn, you know, within a few months.
0: Excellent. So if I wanted to get started, you know, let's just say I have a, a Coinbase account, right? Um, what What do I have to do to get started with CoinRule?
1: And pretty straightforward. So you go in your account, uh, in your uh, profile page, you create, uh, there's a button where you can create an API key. You take that string of code, copy and paste in CoinRule, and you go.
0: Sounds pretty simple. And then how does CoinRule get paid on that?
1: I mean, there is a free plan you can start with that, and then uh, there's a limit of like something like five thousand dollars a month traded. So it's really just kind of test the product. And after that, we have like uh, three different plans, starting from thirty dollars up to five hundred dollars a month. So yeah, it depends from your needs.
0: Okay, and you know this is secure talk, so security is always top of mind, um, regardless of what what company we're talking with. Um, what are the what are the concerns that I should have? Um, as, you know, let's just say I'm using my my uh, Coinbase account or some other account. I, I take that um, API key uh, from 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 my trading platform, put it into the coin rule. What, what security concerns should I have or shouldn't I have about, you know, sh- sharing API information from my account with a, with a third party?
1: I mean, to be honest, uh, currently is super safe because actually when you create the API key, we don't ask you for withdrawal rights. So the only thing CoinRule can do, is actually sending, buying and selling instruction at a specific time to your underlying platform, right? So there's no withdrawal, right? So even if someone were to hack CoinRule, like the only thing they can do, the worst thing is actually just buy some bad coins, you know, and then just pump market, buying the the wrong coin. But they cannot withdraw the coin on your behalf. You know, we don't even have access to your withdrawal rights first secondly we we uh, there's a good thing because the money on your wallet on binance on coinbase obviously you have like a very strong security team and and also well, you don't need to do uh, another KYC onboarding process with us, right? That's also another kind of uh, pain point that we, we avoid. So in terms of safety and risks, it's like really minimal. Uh, and, you know, and, and obviously, we encrypt all the API keys in three different servers, in three different locations. So it's like there is a, a lot of topic about security, but ultimately, the business model, the actual business is made in a way that you know from day one we were thinking like we don't want liability and also the customer doesn't want to move funds again to another new platform so we already structured the business like that since day one
0: sounds sounds great hey so let's talk a little bit about the business um you know maybe walk us through the uh, the evolution of of coinroll
1: oh gosh we can like okay yeah it's like uh, it was like uh, what 2018 when we started uh, yeah it was basically i wanted to build uh, an automated trading um automated trades on IG index we for some stocks. And uh, and that's where I came up with the idea. So I went I went home that night, half drunk, and then, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember. An honest guys. man, I like it. I mean, I'm super honest. The inspiration
0: comes from the bottle what of wine.
1: <laughs> exactly, always. You know what was it? Uh, no big night started with a salad, right? Uh, that was <laughs> the Yeah. So basically, there was this colleague of mine. We were at uh, company drinks. Probably it was Christmas drinks, and uh, we we were he was talking about this strategy he had. So every day he will buy the best performing coin. Then wait 24 hours, sell it, and buy the next one, the best performing one. That was his strategy. And he made like something like two, three X in one year uh, playing with the FC 100. Um, and so I got like really inspired by that. And I went home, I tried to build the same script. Uh, it didn't work and it was so difficult on ig index uh, i think they used their own pro- programming language so i had to kind of think in python and then kind of translate it in there so it didn't work was so, i don't know if it, because i was drunk again or because i was like, just a bad coder but I, I had basically i started sketching the interface of of, of what then became call rule and and then uh, i was at that time in an accelerator mass challenge that uh, it's also in the us in boston but i was in in there um, in, in, in london and uh, that's what I found also my co-founder, also another company, and also I found my, my CTO. And just basically, slowly we came together and we started working on this product. And then we went to, to an accelerator in um, Budapest in Hungary. Uh, that was our first fundraise. Then we did a crowdfunding campaign in the UK. Uh, and then we, we, we ended up in Y Combinator uh, last year and we did a much bigger round. So now, you know, we have a very good uh, investors. We have the, the co-founder of, um, of uh, Kayak.com, the founder of Twitch, the founder of Fitbit, so yeah, it's very, now we have part of, you know, a very good network, and and uh, yeah, now all the VCs are always kind of looking at us, and they want to know when we do the next round, and yeah, so it's good, that's how it started, and this is how it's going.
0: So how, how, how big are you now, and you can tell me in terms of... Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever terms you want to use to define.
1: Yeah, I mean it's fine because when you speak with other funders, it's always like, how big is your team? You know, and I don't really like that because it's better if you have a smaller team that's high performative than a bigger one. Uh, but yeah, the team is around 20 people now. Uh, we have around uh, 170,000 customers on the platform, uh, and uh, we transact around like uh, half a billion per month. That's how much we transact in terms of volume. But obviously, we are a SaaS platform, so we actually monetize for subscription, not not by volume.
0: No, that's those are some pretty impressive um, uh, numbers there. And then, and so what would be the next step? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most of your people on board are, are developers.
1: Yeah, the tech team is around uh, 12 people, yeah, and the rest yeah. is kind of support. Uh, and and I mean, we only have like probably three people in growth, uh, but yeah, mostly it's really tech and so tech support.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, so what, what would be your next step? Right, go for more funding? Greater growth? Uh, I
1: mean, to be, honest, to be honest, no, because I mean, to be honest, we have like enough money in the bank. You know, we, we, we are kind of very European in that sense. Mm-hmm. So we like uh, we like cash flow, we like profits. And, you know, we don't like spending much money, like without, you know, meaning, even if the VCs, obviously, they want you to spend because they want to validate their their, their investment, you know, quickly, you know, if it's going to be a, a, a unicorn or not. But, you know, in our case, you know, we have money in the bank. We are good. We are now kind of, you know, checking also how it's going with the market because, I don't know if you followed by the startup community. In the last uh, two weeks, there have been a lot of talks about you know the winter is coming. Let's not spend money. Let's kind of cut costs. A lot of big companies have have like fired, you know, at least 20 to 30 percent of their workforce. So there's all of that, and uh, it's one of the situations that if you go through the winter, like you still survive. Uh, basically, all your competitors probably will go bankrupt, and you will have like a much bigger market share. So that's what we are at now. So we actually um, improving the product, working like really heads on, heads down on the product, listening to the customers. I'm not talking anymore to investors. Really. I'm not taking the calls anymore. Just uh, <laughs> like really, yeah. Because once you come out of fundraising, where you've been like just pitching twenty times a day um you know you just feel relief that you can actually go back and do the real thing because at the end of the day if you have a good product i know it's really obvious but a lot of people don't understand that if you have a good product this is what's gonna bring you out you know from from like you know the first stage of your company from the zero to one but also it's gonna make you really profitable and successful and then investor will come to you spending time in fundraising throwing more money at your business without actually finding that product market fit and that formula that of paid marketing that works makes no sense. So, you know, you need to kind of do experiments, like on different channels in terms of marketing, and, and then to, to, to find the one that actually allows you to have a, a customer acquisition cost of, let's say, $10, but then a lifetime value of like, you know, $30. Once you find that formula, then you can go back to the VCs and say, look, you know, give me 10 millions. I need to spend it on marketing because I found something that really prints money. You know, and th- this is the, this is the, the narrative
0: that's some awesome advice. And, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take issue with any of that. Um, uh, I, I have a lot of, uh, CEOs and founders on, on the, uh, on the podcast. And I think, you know, I mean, everybody's trying to figure out what's the balance between, you know, getting more money, but, but then you have to worry about dilution and then what do you do with the money? A- and, and back to your previous point about, um, the, the, the potential of a, of a so-called winter coming on is, I mean, if you can make it through it, it's also, um, what I see as an opportunity because, uh, right now, dev costs are pretty high, but if you know, if 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 there's more talent on the market, that's an opportunity. Um, you know, everything, all costs are gonna should should drop, and there therefore, it's just a, it presents an opportunity. Um, you you did a lot of work at Google uh, mentoring early stage startups, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about that experience in terms of. What what are the, the critical things that you would look at when you're when you're mentoring other, other uh, CEOs and founders?
1: Yeah, so uh, always comes in on uh, come in on, uh, on on Tuesday. So usually they have this uh, one week sprint and uh, every day it's about something. So on Tuesday it's about UX and product. And then I got another day for tech, for for, for uh, business development and stuff like that. So uh, usually those startups are very, very young. Uh, the reason is like four guys, they got together like two months ago and they started working on a product. So, usually the main problem is around understanding the user journey, uh, all the customer experience, all the omni channel experience of the customer, what are the touch points. And usually this is one of the the main weaknesses. Uh, You know, when someone comes together, it's always because they have an idea, but then there's all that process, that mediation that you have to do between. What's my idea? What's my discovery? Is that discovery relevant for a customer base? And how do we validate or invalidate that assumptions with proper methodological, uh, you know, user research? Um, so you know, in, in, in user research is so important. But you know, we there's this saying in, the, in the UX community that you have to interview at least uh, five customers. And those five customers, if you do deep interviews of at least one hour, they will give you 80% of the problems uh, and the needs that you need to find for your product. So you know you can obviously go and interview more, but again you get from this you know additional interviews is not as much as as you get from the first five. Uh, and sometimes you know even young startups, they're like you know sometimes people are introverts, so they are just covering you know themselves uh, behind the monitor and they don't really go out and talk with the customer because it's actually it's difficult you know you need to go and talk to strangers and actually find a way to interact with them and you need to get qualitative data as well quantitative data make them together qualitative helps you to quantitative helps you understand where to look and qualitative uh, so basically face to face interviews helps you understand uh, what is it that you're looking at so there are these is two components and i found that you know, early stage startups really lack like that component that systematic approach to user research and i like i kind of i help them to be on the right track with the specific uh, methodologies and toolkits that i can provide them uh, so that they can actually start understanding if if there is a business if there could be a business you know and, and what type of product then they need to um, uh, kind of uh, build based on very strong user needs that are also big enough to be covering a big enough market. So it's kind of, you know, it's product management work. It's kind of putting the three kind of main points together, the business, uh, the user, and, and the product tech side, right? So these are the three components that usually at the beginning, it's like a puzzle and you need to start matching slowly.
0: And do you have any favorite books or methodologies that you would recommend to um, to founders?
1: I mean, there is the, obviously the design sprint from Google. It's great to actually do quick iterations and understand at the beginning, uh, you know, what to do, how to kind of categorize the activities that you're doing in terms of discoveries. But then there is one book that I love is called Tractions. Uh, it's a traction. It's basically, it kind of explain you more than 50 different marketing channels uh, and how you can exploit each of them. And then it also tells you, once you find uh, a, um, a channel that works for you, just you know drop everything else and just go for it. And then once you saturated that market, start again searching for another one, another channel, sorry. So the idea is that each company has a natural channels to market through. And and, and once you, 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 you find that, you just need to kind of really optimize the hell of covid So that's that's the most important. And then yeah, that, that's 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 a great book that I like. I like also uh, the zero to one. Uh, that was also a very good book. Very uh, very American, right? Very deterministic, Philip <laughs> valley style. But I mean, it, it, it's good to make you know your, your no, point clear, right?
0: I, I totally love the um, the people who are aware of the, the 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 huge cultural divide between different countries. You know, Euro, U.S. and Europe. Europe also has different cultural cultures in yes. you know business cultures in Europe, uh, but 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 I you know I I've done I worked for a Swiss company for four years. I worked for a company that was based in the UK for a couple of years. I'm currently uh, working with a company that's based in uh, Budapest, and it's it's amazing that how how different the culture is and how I have to keep yeah. I, I have to tone down and calm down all the time because <laughs> <It's> <laughs> people are like whoa 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 slow down man slow down. <laughs> I'm like no man we gotta go. So yeah yeah it's 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 very interesting and and so i mean you being based in in uh i, I think you're in the UK, uk you said yeah in london um and um i think originally where, where are you from
1: uh, i'm from italy uh, yeah. i've been uh, living i lived work for what one year in finland uh, two years in boston i was working at tmit and then since uh, tw- 12 years i've been in london but actually the last three years i've been just traveling around i've been living on airbnb nomading uh, because you know you you go someplace for a conference or for a meeting with a VC, and then you end up staying like one more month there. So I've been really living out of my uh, luggage in the last uh, three years. In uh, your business,
0: in your business is global. Um, so, I mean, yeah. do, do you find, uh, given your business model, that it's being more well received in some markets versus others?
1: Oh, yeah, totally, totally. It's like uh, we, we still uh, didn't manage to understand the, the Asian market. I mean, all, all the Western countries are, are perfect for us. So the most profitable customers for us are in the U.S., followed by UK, South Africa, Switzerland and then the rest of Europe. But, uh, you know, we are trying to get into Singapore, Indonesia. And so it's very difficult. You know, just like they work in different ways.
0: They do, and but I, I do like the fact that you mentioned Singapore first as a point of entry into Asia because well one there's the language there, but there is also the the very strong ties to to Europe, uh, and and it's a finance center, so it it totally totally makes sense. I by the way I, I lived and worked in Asia off and on for about 20 years, all over Asia. Mm. I was lived in Singapore for four years, lived in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, and uh, if you're going to go to Asia, given your business model, I think Singapore is a, a a good good first stop. Um, well, Hey, uh, let me, let me ask you just, uh, one, one last, uh, question again, coming back to the security thing uh, as, as a CEO and co-founder, I, I know that, you know, you're probably really focused on the product development and growth. Okay. And I, I, that's an assumption, but that's typically where, you know, most CEOs are focused security though. Like given your platform, and it doesn't even matter if you if you're not actually given the rights to to conduct trades on behalf of your clients, but you still need to like secure your platform and your communications. and And how do you manage that? Do you you know? Do you, is this something that you you build into the product? Is it something that you um, you have regular audits, or do you follow some type of ISO or NIST standard or CIS? CIS? I mean, what what do you do to make sure that everything is locked tight?
1: I mean, it's a mix of things, as you said. So we have uh, audits every six months. Uh, you know, we, we had like a more basic one at the beginning. Now we have more budget. So we are doing a much, much bigger one throughout the app. We have a very good Bounty program, so literally every month we get like some requests for some bugs, and then we we pay out and we action those bugs, you know, very very quickly. We action we, we, we take action on them, uh, and then obviously we run uh, on uh, everything is on Amazon. We have Kubernetes, so we kind of our our really approach to security is to basically have like very good monitoring. Uh, so for us, you know, the monitoring we have always someone on call over the weekend as well. So when anything happens, we are, you know we actually ready to just revert back. If we we cannot deploy something that can generate uh, some sort of issues in terms of security, uh, so we can revert back within few minutes, literally. Or and also we have uh, we have everyone on call also during the week. And in terms of security, we use all old, old standards, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, I'm not the one really close to that uh, part of the business. You have like our tech co-founder that now is a CIO, he uh, takes care of security and also we have a CTO. So we have a very strong leadership team also on the technical side. And I think it's very complementary to, to my skill and my co-founder skill, the CEO as well. So that, that we complement. And But in terms of security, I know that we, we, we actually use all the modern standards stack and also we, I mean, I, I actually put a very good budget on it. Also, we have very... Um, very close to our community, so we have a very active Discord channel. So literally, they are the best like watchdog for us. Whenever there's something wrong, uh, or whenever there is some scammer uh, in the in, in the group, and you no, know, just like they just uh, kind of ring the 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 the, the alarm. And then, um, so for example, we have this problem with a lot of scammers in the group impersonating the co-founders, and mm. it's just crazy. That's another type of obviously um, security risk because yeah. it's not directly related to the product but still uh, you know we actually i think one guy once uh, kind of uh, yeah w- was was um was uh, yeah was scammed basically by this guy like uh, yeah i think he lost a thousand dollars because he sent the money directly to his wallet so we always say in our uh, group like in our community like we will never uh, first of all dm you first and yeah. also we will never ask you to send us money because all our business model we don't we don't require that you know um but uh, yeah, there are a lot of scumers out there in that, in that sense. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, we never had any any major problem, to be honest, in the last three years. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's quite common these days for um, for new hires at a company to get a, a, an email from their boss or from the CEO, yes. uh, you know, it's an urgent question or urgent request. Hey, please go, go get uh, $500 worth of gift cards and um, and then, you know, get back in touch with me. I mean, and it's just, it's... It's kind of law of numbers. You send enough of those out, you get one person. And if you get one person to respond a day, you're making 500 bucks a day, you know? But if you can live with yourself, yeah. So, hey, so what is, uh, you know, the next big thing that you're planning for 2022 that you can talk about?
1: Uh, I mean, it's... uh... It's actually something that's very interesting, I think it's a we are expanding to stocks uh, because we don't see kind of cryptocurrencies just as a market per se, but we see it, uh, you know, in a more holistic way. We see the the fintech market as a mix of digital assets. Right. So for Mm -hmm. us, having our machine running also on some stock uh, platform, it will increase massively the market so we can literally make a two, three, four X on our revenues but also you can start serving a more mature type of audience. And it's, it's going to be very interesting how these people are going to use the product, what are their comments, their feedback. It's going to be so interesting. And, and I'm very happy because it means that, you know, finally we get out of that kind of crypto community, uh, you know, because sometimes you when you're really too much into your group, you start kind of lose focus. You just start building faster horses because that's what they ask. You. <laughs> I want this feature, I want this feature. But then actually just by switching your focus of the product towards a new segment, uh, of users then it will really kind of uh, really increase uh, the market also because um i know as i was saying like we have enough budget in the bank account but still you know my, my view is to do maybe a series a in two years time and I want to get to a good monthly recurring revenues in order to to start kicking off that fundraise. So I think that's the next big thing. And also another one that I really I really hope we will be able to do because we are doing a, a massive refactoring on the platform. Um, so I want to do the back testing functionality. It's crazy. It's like two thousand twenty two there's no good good back testing Uh, You know in in any of the uh, investment platform that is a good enough to be like used by normal people Uh, What what is is, i'm
0: sorry? I don't get what what is back back testing
1: testing is basically the ability for you to to build a strategy build a rule and and then test it Over historical data. Yeah, so let's say from your market condition.
0: That is is an awesome idea I have I've wanted to do something like that for so long because I I, you know I've been investing for for 20 something years and, and I read a lot of books and and I always come up with these crazy ideas And I would like oh man, I'm sure that would make but how do you test it how do you know you know
1: i mean it is possible but it's very complicated because you need to run script in python you have libraries then you need to you know find a good service where to run it there's a lot of complications but there is nothing like that for the retail market so this is one, one one feature that is already all designed or specked out in our backlog but still like you know we are not like we don't have the right environment yet to actually build a good one you know we can build we can build one we already have one that we can do it through TradingView. I'm talking about something that's really usable for everyone. So this is. Oh, no, I so mean that would that would be, that be
0: awesome. Sure. It's like a like a flight simulator for investors that want yes. to, you okay. know, that practice in the past and just see like well, how would have how would have worked. I mean, I think that dude, I would subscribe. Sign me up, okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: done. <man. laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Gabriel, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, You're probably the only person I've met who talks faster than I do. Um, (laughs) uh,
1: That's from Southern Europe. We all like that. Okay.
0: Well, maybe I got to go and spend some time there, but hey, enjoy the conversation. I'm sure you're going to be having an awesome 2022 and uh, look forward to touching base with you in the future.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you guys.
0: Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.